Thank you very much, praise team. And just give me a second here to get set up. And Brent didn't want to let the cat out of the bag, but if you weren't paying attention to that song, yes, I'm going to be speaking about Mary. So, um, excited to uh, introduce and, and kick off the series that we're going to uh, be speaking on for uh, the month of December. Obviously, it's you know December and it's Christmas time, and as Brent said, you know we're always trying to uh, um, learn uh, about the story of Christmas from a different angle, a different perspective. And really, the Christmas time is really full of lots of unexpected things for a lot of uh, a lot of people, a lot of the characters in the story. So, um, I'm going to open up the series today. Uh, talking about Mary and uh, the unexpected announcement that Mary had. Next week, I believe Daryl is speaking, and then Brent, and then, uh, and then Ben, I think is how the, uh, the speaking order goes, uh, Lord willing, as, uh, as we uh, tackle this series, Unexpected. Uh, and I'm not sure if you can see, I'll blow it up there a bit. What to do when your whole world changes is, is, is the subtitle there. So I've entitled my message for today, Living in a Snow Globe. I'm sure all your minds are going, what what does that mean? Well, hopefully as we work through this, oh, sorry, I jumped ahead a couple here. Let's back up. All right, unexpected. Now, no, the birth of Joshua Miller was not unexpected. Unlike the TV shows, Esther knew she was pregnant. We were, you know, uh, full aware that we were having our first child when we were in our mid-20s. Um, but as good, uh, as, you know, uh, good parents, good first-time expecting parents, you know, we went to the prenatal classes. And, you know, Esther's a middle child, and I'm the youngest child. And so we've had siblings you know, at this point that have had kids and, uh, you know, so the whole process is, is, is not new. We understand it. Um, but we only prepared for everything to be normal, right? We just prepared for a regular childbirth. But that's not what happened. And guys, you won't understand this, but ladies, Esther was in labor for 40 hours, Okay? Guys, you go, oh, wow, girls, they understand, but um, yeah, so it went from, hey, we're having a baby to what's going on, and, you know, I won't get into all the details, but after 40 hours of labor, uh, it was time for a C-section, not an emergency, but still, I mean, for, we didn't prepare for a C-section, we figured everything was just going to go just normal, the way we'd seen everything else happen. And so when the unexpected comes, stress levels rise. Questions happen. What happens with the C-section? What goes on? You know, uh, back then in in, in 95, you know, I wasn't in, I wasn't in the, uh, the surgery room. You know, I didn't get to see Josh be born. You know, so there was lots of, uh, lots of stuff there. And 
friends and family were gathering as, you know, the, the stress and the question marks of it all happening. Sometimes we ask ourselves, why me when things happen, right? And no, this is not a baby picture of Esther, okay? This is a baby picture of Alicia. Um, and you're going, baby picture of Alicia, Esther's health, where, okay. So here we are, 18 months later, Esther gives birth to Alicia, and she's now a mother of two children. I'm busy with the hockey world, and away we go. Um, and I know a mother of two young children like that is supposed to be tired. But Esther was extremely tired. Like, extremely. You know, falling asleep several times during the day. Hard to, hard to wake up. You know, she starts telling me, I've got this weird numbness feeling. She said, I'm having problems with seeing. So the why me is Esther needed some medical uh, attention. She needed some investigation. And try and make a long story short after tests and stuff like that. <coughs> Sorry. Esther was, um, was diagnosed with MS. And she very much said to me, why me? But now, well, 15 plus years later, Alicia's 20, 15, over 15 years now. You know, at the time it's why me, but now, Esther's been symptom-free. She's been in remission from MS. But at the time, it was, why me? Very, very stressful. And we regularly thank God for her good health because it's not that MS went away that we know of. It's just God has chosen to bless her with being symptom-free. But very much a why me time. Have you ever said, wow, I didn't see that coming in my life. Now what do I do? Well, we were down in St. John, New Brunswick for six years. I was working with the St. John Flames, the American Hockey League team. We'd been to the Calder Cup Championship twice. We'd won it once recently. I thought, you know, things went uh, well for me professionally in my sixth year there. And, um, you know, my contract always ran out the, the, I think it was the end of June. And there'd been no, you know, no red flags. I had a good meeting with the head coach at the end of the season and fully expected to sign a new contract and, you know, keep living in St. John and keep on with my job. But that phone call from Calgary from the Flames never came. And so I reached out to them and had trouble getting a hold of them. And long story short, I got the phone call that said, we're not renewing your contract. We are deciding to go in a different direction. That was a big now what moment. Four children. Do we stay in New Brunswick? Do we move? What now? Do I stay in the world of hockey? Do I get out of the world of hockey? There's a lot of questions. Turn with me this morning, if you would, and let's read about Mary and her big unexpected moment. 
and teens, Mary is you. Okay? As far as we understand, Mary was in her early teens. Now, she was engaged to be married, but as we read this, this is, this is what's happening to a young teenage lady. All right? Starting in Luke 1, verse 26. We read this morning. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Picture yourself. You're all alone someday, and an angel appears to you with a message like this. <laughs> uh, wait. Um, what was that that you just Pardon me? Are you talking to me? Come on. Like, am I dreaming? Is this real? Right? Verse 34. Mary says, How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin, right? It's like, hello, not possible, sir. You've got the wrong girl here. Come on, have a look. Verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. So the angel tells her, God has said it. It will happen. Verse 38 we read, This is Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Very well then, she probably said. Who am I to second guess what an angel has said? As you wish. And the angel was gone as fast as it came. We don't know where Mary was, but obviously we're pretty sure she was alone somewhere. We don't know if it was first thing in the morning, late at night, she down at the well gathering, she's sitting under a tree. I mean, what is she doing? But obviously she's all alone here and given this message. So the question is, who do I tell? Right? Hey, mom, guess what? I'm pregnant. 
Hey, Dad, I got a story for you, Dad. This angel came to me, and I'm pregnant now, Dad. Joseph, boy, do I have some exciting news for us. You know, as we get married, I'm, gonna, I'm already pregnant. You think any of them would have said, hey, pretty cool. All right, that's awesome. And that's why we don't read Mary going to them. But can you imagine what was going on in her head at that point? The angel came, dropped the bombshell, and gone. And she's all alone. What to do? A very unexpected moment. Now what? Her life has just been shaken up. Imagine this. You know, snow globes sit there on the shelf. A little four-year-old girl on a sugar high, past her bedtime on Christmas Eve, sees the snow globe. What happens? And that's Mary inside there right now. Right? Her whole world is spinning around her uncontrollably, unexpectedly. But then Mary realizes the angel told her what to do. The angel gave her insight. Verse 39. What did, what did we read? Verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. The angel had told her, Mary, is, your cousin is pregnant also. And that's a very special pregnancy. She's beyond childbearing years. But God has blessed her. And so it tells us that Mary got up and I'm assuming pretty quickly, that's all indications, and off she went. She didn't say, hey, mom and dad, guess what? She said, hey, mom and dad, I'm going to Elizabeth. And why? Well, because the angel had given her a clue. Right? So she went to Mary because, well, if Mary's been blessed like that, she must understand. She, she's older. She's wiser. She'll be able to relate to what I'm saying. She'll give wise counsel. And there, away from this, I can take some time and I can form a plan. It won't be easy, but God is with you. Now, I mean... Unwed teenage pregnancy nowadays is, is not necessarily, you know, something most people get excited about and well welcomed, but it's embraced a lot more. And I'm assuming it's probably a lot more common today than it was back then. But ancient Israel, the rules and regulations that they had in place were much different than today. So, Mary being pregnant, I think she was pretty familiar with the law and the rules. I mean, 
in an extreme case, she could be hauled out into the public square, exposed to what she did, and stoned to death for being a single mom and pregnant. Or at least you would have to expect that Joseph would divorce her. Why would Joseph? I mean, how is he going to understand and comprehend that an angel came to you? Oh, sure he did. Nice story. I mean, Israel had been quiet of hearing from God for 400 years. So why would Joseph have any reason to believe that an angel appeared to Mary in Nazareth, a simple little teenage girl? And divorcing would probably mean, well, like we read later on that, you know, Joseph, when he found out, was a man of quality, so he was just going to put, divorce her and put her away quietly. Well, if Mary was divorced at a young age with a child, probably no other good Jewish man is going to marry her. So now she's on her own. She's going to have to feed herself. She'll probably be shunned by her whole community. How's she going to take care of herself? She's going to have to result to stealing, menial jobs, go to another town, country, whatever. And maybe her only source of income in the future would have been prostitution. We, we don't know, but it would have been absolutely disastrous what could have happened to Mary if this was not a divine event. These are the lyrics from a song called Breath of Heaven. Now, the song was originally written by a British man named Chris Eaton, but Amy Grant, who you may be familiar with, they were friends, and she got a hold of his song, and she said, Chris, I'd like to re- rewrite your song from a woman's perspective, and changed the lyrics to make it more from a, a female perspective. And I'll let you know now that when I'm done speaking, actually, uh, Alicia is going to sing the whole song for us. But I wanted to highlight this, this part here. For the mercy of your plan, help me be strong. And this is guessing what Mary may have said several times. Help me be. Help me. Breath of heaven, hold me together. Be forever near me, breath of heaven. Breath of heaven, light in my darkness. Pour over me your holiness, for you are holy. Now, all indication is is that when Mary stepped into the house of Elizabeth and Zechariah, this is what happened in in verse... um, Where are we here? Um... Verse 41, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is this child you will bear. When Elizabeth heard her voice, so Mary walks in, hasn't even told Elizabeth, and she gets greeted like that. 
I mean, Mary, I mean, what a moment because, you know, this is confirmation of what's going on inside of her because to that point, as far as we know, she was the only human being that knew what was going on. And yet without telling Mary, Mary reacted like this. And so in verse 46 we pick up and it's entitled Mary's Song. And probably more of a prayer. I, I, I don't know if she actually broke into song or not, but I'm just going to read the first couple of verses of Mary's song. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of, a, of the humble state of his servant. From now all on, all generations will call me blessed. That was Mary's initial reaction when Elizabeth confirmed what was going on with her. But the lyrics I just read are possibly more accurate of Mary's song, Mary's prayers for the weeks, the months, maybe even after Jesus was born. Asking God for strength. Because it wasn't easy. Because even after, you know, Joseph saw the angel and, and, and Joseph accepted it, I mean, all indications is when they went to Bethlehem, did they go in a caravan with everybody from their town? Indications that they went alone. They were, they, they were shunned. Like, this was not easy. But Mary must have been so special. There must have been something very special about her. And obviously not physically, but something very special about her spiritually. And teens, if you don't think that God can use you for something special already in your lives, you're wrong. Read the story of Mary. Read about David. We have other examples that aren't teenagers, but Noah and, and Gideon and, you know, these, it's unbelievable, some of these stories. You're like, how could God use that simple person for such a great purpose that he has? And it, when I wrote this, this, this phrase here, you know, Mary must have been special to have been chosen to bear this spiritual blessing and earthly curse. So I actually asked Esther, I said, is that too strong? But really, think about it. Mary, I think it's fair to argue that Mary had the ultimate earthly blessing of, every, of any human being. But it was an incredible earthly curse. The weight that she was given to bear... And yet, she said, I'm your servant. Now, who's a Muppet fan here? Come on. I've loved Muppets. I used, to, I, I used to try and figure out all the time through the TV guide when the Muppet show was going to be on TV. And um, I love the Muppet movies. You know, last Sunday I watched the, the Muppet Christmas Carol already. That's my first Christmas movie uh, that I've put in and watched so far. And 
good old Kermit, eh? This is, my kids would attest that they've heard me say this, this phrase a number of times over the years. It's not easy being green. Think about all the Muppets. No other green one comes to mind very quickly. Definitely none of the big characters were green. It ain't easy being chosen by God. It's not easy living a Christian life. But it's worth it. Your special design to do it. You've just got to take the same attitude as Mary and say, I'm your servant. Mary. What an interesting meaning for the name of Mary, the Virgin Mary, the mother of Christ. Mary means bitter. And just a quick little story is es- Esther, my wife, was almost called Mary by her mother until her mom, her mom was very big on, on, na- on naming her kids names based on the meaning. And she liked Mary, but when she found out Mary meant bitter, she, no, I'm not marrying, I'm not going to name her Mary and named her Esther, which means a star. Which is really good because her older brother's Paul and her younger brother's Peter, and that would mean they had Peter, Paul, and Mary, but not everybody will understand that one. So We have four tastes in our mouth. Salty, sweet, sour, and bitter. Now, how many of you actually just sense those tastes just by mentioning them? Exactly. Think of bitter. Think of that bitter taste, that bitter taste in your mouth. But you know what the great thing is? is Mary was not bitter in attitude, but she had been given a task that was hard to accept. Putting something bitter in your mouth is hard to accept, right? Coffee's bitter. That's why people add sugar and cream to it, right? Verse 38, let's look at that again. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Our challenge is to be better, not to be bitter. Because that's what Mary chose. Even though her name meant better, she didn't choose the bitter attitude. She chose a better attitude. And as a result, the whole world is blessed. History could have been totally different if Mary didn't have the right attitude to an unexpected announcement. So what can we learn from Mary? Try and wrap this up quickly. First of all, she discerns that she has been told the truth and says, yes, Lord. You can look it up sometime. I'm sure in that time that the book of Israel, or the book of Isaiah was read over and over and over. It had been 400 years with no word of the Lord to the Jewish people. They were currently controlled by the Romans. And I'm sure that they were anxiously, eagerly seeking the Messiah. And they probably read the prophecies out of Isaiah over and over. And so there's a good chance that it came back to mind 
And Mary knew that in Isaiah 7:14 it predicts that the Messiah will come from a virgin. Secondly, she went to someone for counsel and comfort. She discerned where she would go, and she went to someone who could relate and understand and got wise counsel from someone. And even though it was a tough situation, it was unexpected, she said, thank you to God in song and prayer. And instead of saying, why me, said, help me. And then, when the time was right, she returned to face those she needed to face and trusted God for the results. We sang this morning, O come, O come, Emmanuel. It would have been very much, like I said, probably the prayer of every God-fearing Jew at that time. They were looking, they were maybe not looking, they were hoping for the Messiah. And that was Mary's response also when the angel gave her the announcement was, okay, come Emmanuel. Have you ever realized that Mary was the first human being, the first person that Jesus lived inside of? And not just physically, but spiritually. Mary prepared him room in her heart. Her loving heart enthroned the Savior. How about you? Does Jesus sit on the throne of your heart? Have you prepared room for Him? Would you give the Savior the throne that He belongs and be another person that Jesus lives inside? Next time... that your world is grabbed off the shelf, right? Snow globes sit on the shelf all the time. They just sit there, collect dust, until all of a sudden someone spots them. And sometimes, you know, it's an adult shake. And sometimes it's, it's a cool teenager shake. And sometimes it's a little kid's shake. And just when you think it's going to settle, the little kid shakes it again because the snow hasn't flown. It hasn't been flying long enough. Next time your little world is unexpectedly shaken up, will you be bitter or will you be better? That's my challenge this morning. Alicia, I'd like to call up Alicia to sing Breath of Heaven for us this morning. Thank you, everyone.
Yeah.